Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. Today on the Ether, Angel Giving, nonprofit highlight with Jay, the founder of Yellow Boat of Hope. Let's take a listen. Hi, Jay. Thank you for coming to our Twitter space today. I'm just waiting for a few more people to come onto the space so we can start this. But thank you for being here. Yeah, um, I, I love being here. Um, thank you for the invitation. Um, is everyone hearing me clearly? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the space. Yes, so I'm excited as well for the space, but we'll just wait a little bit just for people to filter in and then we can get started. Sure, sure, sure. No problem. Thank you. Hi hey everyone, um, I see Tim and Sean and Chad. Thank you for joining. Okay, well, I think I'll just uh, kick off to, to um, start the space. Um, it's great to have you with us, uh, Jay. I think I've spoken to you a couple of times in the past, um, but have been always been really impressed with the communications that, that you've put through from the, um, the Yellow Boat Foundation. Uh, in the Philippines, um, I wonder if you could you could start off just by um, I mean we we if you go to the website if any if listeners go to the website um, angelgiving.io you'll see on there um, in the news section a full report of the the program that was was run with Yellow Boats of Hope and some of the videos are really quite quite graphic as to the devastation and as to the impact that, that this typhoon had. Um, I wonder if for a, just for a couple of minutes, you just want to set the scene first of, of the, um, the initial impact of, 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 typhoon, um, of Typhoon Ray, Typhoon Colette. Um, and then maybe we can just go on to a little bit more information about Yellow Boats of Hope Foundation and where you started from and how that put you in a place that you were then able to, to um, uh, to address the issues that came from the uh, typhoon. So, Jay. Yeah, hi, team. Um, thanks for having me again. Um, and yeah, I, I remember like we've spoken a number of times. Um, and yeah, hi, hi to everyone. Um, it's actually good good evening coming from me. Um, yeah, it's around 10 p.m. here in Manila. Um, so good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Um, I'm very happy to be here, of course, to share our progress and like the, uh, you know, we're very, we're very, very happy with like our partnership with uh, Angel Protocol or now Angel Giving. Um, and yeah, a bit of background. So in late 2021, uh, Typhoon Odette, um, you know, hit the Philippines and uh, it's considered to be the second costliest typhoon in our history. Um, just to just to give a bit of context, so the Philippines, like you know, since we're we're uh, in a tropical country, uh, there's around seven thousand islands as well. Um, we get around you know twenty to twenty two typhoons a year, uh, and over the last uh, ten to twelve years, um, the the intensity uh, of these typhoons have been you know sort of really going higher. Um, so the the biggest and the costliest one was uh, Super Typhoon. Uh, Haiyan, uh, which was the local name was Yolanda that hit the Philippines in 2013. Um, the Pope actually came, I think, a few months after uh, you know that hit because that killed around six thousand, yeah, uh, around six thousand people. But Typhoon Odette, which is Rai, uh, hit in 2021 uh, around December, uh, which was really you know a very sad uh, uh, situation for a lot of our communities, for a lot of our people because it was around Christmas time and New Year. Um, and, you know, the Philippines is 85% uh, Catholic, so there's a lot of, like, uh, people here. That the Christmas and New Year around that time is, like, really big here. Um, and, 
And when Typhoon uh, Odette or Typhoon Rai, uh, as it is known internationally, hit, it I think affected around 13 million people from, uh, you know, I think five to six regions of the Philippines. Uh, there's around 500 people that died. Uh, and, and you, you know, my, my, some of my family members were actually in these areas that, hit, that were hit. And um, especially for Cebu, uh, Cebu province, which is considered to be like the second uh, urbanized region after Metro Manila, the capital, uh, it actually suffered from, I, I think, almost 30 days to 60 days of blackout. Like, you know, the Typhoon Rai, even though it was, uh, you know, sort of the, the second uh, costliest typhoon in terms of damage and in, in terms of, you know, the gravity of the impact on the ground, uh, I, I, I think, yeah, it, it, it really rivaled, they say, like, it, it looked like a Category 5, uh, you know, hurricane, if you compare it to, like, the, the U.S. Uh, uh, typhoons that happened. Um, so it was, yeah, it was really very grave. Um, there were a lot of people, uh, you know, the price of water shut up, the price of basic goods. There Actually, they didn't only shoot up, but there was a big shortage. So uh, a lot of people were not, you know, were not taking, were, were not, the Philippines, since, you know, it's very humid, we usually like they take a bath every day. There were, yeah, it was a big change for a lot of people. So there's a lot of uh, people who didn't have like access to water. They couldn't, uh, you know, even drinking water. Um, and a lot of people had to, you know, sort of move to other areas or had to stay in hotels. Uh, as I mentioned, like, yeah, power, uh, even in like the most exclusive subdivisions, power was, yeah, it wasn't restored until like 30 days to 60 days uh, after the typhoon. And a lot of families, uh, even though we were able, like the government was able to, you know, evacuate a lot of people, like we, I think 300,000 people were evacuated from the low-lying areas. There were still like 500 people that died, but it was in a sense, like compared to other typhoons, uh, it, in a sense, it wasn't as bad in terms of like casualties, but the the long long term effect of the typhoon, like you know, not having access mm. to basic goods, not having you had long lines at the gasoline station. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we 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 were yeah we with the yellow boat, like we are operate in a lot of these areas. So we really wanted to be able to help, and we were very fortunate that you know angel angel protocol at the time, uh, angel giving now was able to support us in in rehabilitating and providing immediate relief yes. to these uh, communities. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm from the UK and we, we have very, our, our weather patterns are very mild in comparison to both hurricanes and typhoons. Uh, these, are, these are both situations that for us, we, you know, we see on the news and we don't, we don't see the impact. We don't see, you know, we, we see our, our, ourselves, you know, we see the television images of, you know, of, you know, when you think about uh, tornadoes in the USA of, um, towns being devastated when it's typhoons in the Philippines with um, just the devastation that happens on those on, on, on the islands that you're working with um, it, it really is is quite uh, quite in, incredible the power of nature and and it's um yeah I mean you say that they're getting worse I'm sure we could go into on, on another podcast or another Twitter space at another time about you know what's happening to weather patterns and and we can talk about talk about that probably till the cows come home but um now, now, Yellow Boat Foundation, you you were you were well placed to help because you've been you've been set up for a while, haven't you? Now, how many how many years have you been going? What uh, what 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 got you going? What you got you started? And why why did that mean that you were well able to to help the um, communities that had suffered in, in in the first instance? And and then after that, I shall pass over to Chauncey. Yes, thank you, team. Um, yeah. Um... So Yellow Boat is now uh, in October this year. We'll be cele- celebrating our 13th birthday uh, or 13th anniversary. Uh, there's our story, our, our original, like our beginning story is actually very interesting. So, and and this is why like we're very big on like technology or adapt adopting new technologies in you you know uh, using it to make a difference in the world. So in 2010, I uh, I went to a village in the south of the Philippines where I found out that, you know, there were children who had to swim to school. So as I mentioned earlier, there's like around 7,000 islands in the Philippines where an archipelago. And I grew up in the south, but, you know, I've heard of like stories where children have to, you know, walk, uh, you know, two kilometers, three kilometers, even 10 kilometers just to get to school or, you know, two to three hours uh, one way just to get to school uh, or cross bridges. Uh, but it was the first time uh, when I went there in October 2010 in Sambuanga City in the south of the Philippines 
I was, you know, I was, uh, I was both inspired and saddened that, you know, there are children who had to swim to school. So uh, if you could imagine this, uh, these children, uh, you know, there's some infighting in the south of the Philippines. So some of the the native people, they, um, uh, the, the people native there, um, they, uh, you know, live on houses on stilts. Some of them have been doing that for a long time. Like, you know, they're really both people or seafarers. And so they live on like houses on stilts along the, the shores of Zamboanga City. Um, and the kids, uh, because, you know, they were in, you know, in sort of like informal settlers or they were displaced because of the infighting in those areas. Uh, they had to, if they wanted to go to school, they had to swim, especially, especially during high tide. And, you know, it, it, growing up near there, I, I just felt like I needed to share the story. I needed to, you know, sort of help. And so I, uh, going back to the capital here in Manila, I posted a, a Facebook, I, you know, I was, it was late at night. I couldn't sleep. I saw my, uh, my laptop was open and I saw my Facebook account and I just felt I needed to share the story. And, you know, I, I think I wrote a two-liner at the time in 2010 and uh, I was able to fall asleep. But the next day, to my surprise, a lot of my friends started commenting, how can we help? How can we help? How can we help? And one of them actually immediately gave, uh, I think, roughly now around $100. And that job started what was then known as this little fund for these kids. And, uh, you know, we, we, I, I, I called uh, my co-founder now, Doc Anton Lim, and I told him, Doc, um, can you go to the community that, uh, and, you know, sort of really verify the story if the kids are really swimming, talk to the, you know, the, to the principal, the teachers and the, the, the parents. And so he went there. He verified the story and uh, I, I got in touch with, you know, those who pledged on Facebook. And um, five months after, we donated the very, the very first yellow boat. So at the time, I thought the, you know, I thought it was over. Like, I thought, like, we gave, like, a school boat, which was, like, a yellow school bus on water. Um, and I thought, like, the story would end there. But to my surprise, they shared with us that there are other nearby communities that needed boats. So uh, we went back to Facebook, raised more funds, and you know, built more boats in that for those areas there. And then someone else from you know a, a farther uh, area of the Philippines called, like, oh, we also have swimming kids here. And so you know, it it became our process, like, to go to social media um, to raise funds and uh, uh, you know, uh, bring the solutions to these communities. And uh, I always joke about it, like when I share it to schools now, but um, uh, in a sense, it's not really a joke. Like, you know, we often hear of kids here in Manila or in our capitals, uh, you know, who go who skip school to go swimming. But here were kids who went swimming so that they can go to school. And I think for, for two years, we were sort of like a ragtag group of like, you know, community leaders who were trying like to raise funds online and, you know, sort of bring it to the different areas. And um, someone said, like, why don't you, you know, sort of operationalize it and uh, yeah, we got we got a lot of like initial donors, and uh, you know we set up the Yellow Boat of Hope Foundation. So initially, we were called like you know the little fund for kids, um, and then when we were registering with the you know the Securities and Exchange Commission here, someone suggested like you know you're known as Yellow Boat, why don't you just use like the name Yellow Boat? And so we formally registered as the Yellow Boat of Hope Foundation. Um, so hope actually is very central to our story. Uh, because a lot of the communities that that we started helping sort of began helping themselves as well, like it gave them the confidence. So in a lot, like we're pre currently present in around two hundred communities, mostly coastal communities in uh, you know the more the more the most far flung communities in the Philippines or regions in the Philippines, and that's why like when you know typhoon uh, actually when typhoon Yolanda in twenty thirteen uh, happened, we also you know we were also there, and so like yeah when typhoon. Odette, or international name Rai, happened in um, hit in 2021. We were also prepared. Like we had community leaders. So, for example, the story of, and that's why, like, I really love, uh, you know, the mission of angel giving as well, because uh, I really believe, you know, that the decentralized movement where we are, Web3, and, you know, the principles, we've been sort of operating from it for a long time. Like, uh, you know the 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 support that angel giving was able to provide we work with schools you know to use them as warehouses we work with you know logistics partners to bring the goods and you know the boats and the other uh, materials to the communities 
So it's really a story of like collaboration. Um, and for us, that's, you know, that has been able to sustain us for the last 13 years. Um, I guess as a last note, I want to add like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really like, you know, that's why like we're very big on, uh, you know, on new technologies. Uh, you know, it was like social media or, you know, doing online activities then. Now it's, you know, sort of crypto and Web3. And, you know, I, I really feel like we, we, like all of us at Yellow Boat feel, uh, we're obviously, we're very grateful, you know, to the, to the support and to the uh, resources that Angel Giving has provided. But we're very, we're very optimistic of like Angel Giving's potential to, you know, create social impact around the world because we feel like that this is really like the model that we need for the future. Like, you know, communities helping each other. Like we, we, you know, there are, out of the 200 communities, there are two communities that have their own social enterprises. So because of the support that we provided, the, the community have felt they, they you know, they're, they, they're able, they, you know, they, because they have the support, they're able to create their own cooperative. And so like one in Sambuanga, they, they create, like they build boats for ecotourism. So they would, uh, you know, they live near the mangrove area. So they would use the boats for tourists. Uh, and, you know, sort of use it to tour uh, the different people that come in around the areas. And, you know, they, they they have livelihood because of that. And then, yeah, for the other areas, they build the boats for, uh, you know, commercial clients. So, uh, again, that's that's like for us, that's like the power of this, that, you know, people, can, if you give people hope, uh, mm-hmm. just as like angel giving was able to give us you know, more people will begin helping more people. Hope's, hope's always the way. It's, I mean, it, what you say about community is, is just so, so true. Um, and, you know, your, your Facebook post um, being seen by others and then being carried forward. It, it's, you know, it's, it's very similar to, to what happened with Angel Protocol in the, in the first days, Angel Giving in the first days, with Chauncey's tweet saying, hey, wouldn't it be good to do something good with, with Web3 and, and, and crypto? And then it all took off from there. So, I mean, community, in, in, um, probably later on today, there's going to be a, an Angel Giving newsletter that's going out. And uh, one of the links that's in there actually is, is linking to an article. Uh, you, have to, you have to sign up. It's, free, it's a free article, but you have to, uh, you know, sign into, I think it's the Chronicle of Philanthropy. Um, and they're talking about the power of community and communities working together. And I think that's something that, that you know, uh, personally, I think we're, we're really quite keen on Inside Angel Giving is, is that we can get communities in, in towns, in cities across the world to be able to help each other. And you can see that time and time again with the other charities that are also the other nonprofits that are also on the marketplace. Communities, really great. Um, I shall, I'll pass over to Chauncey now. I know he's got um, a few more questions for you, but um, thanks, thanks for the chats, Jay. Thanks, team. Yeah, it's it's always great being able to talk with you, Jay. Um, just very inspiring, and it really, really helps helps give new meaning to the whole idea of it takes a village because um, it really does. And that's part of our thesis too with angel giving is that. The old models of philanthropy are, are somewhat broken, right? You have these very large international organizations that tend to accumulate a lot of the dollars for name brand recognition. Uh, but then those same organizations suffer from what every large organization suffers from, which is inefficiencies and bureaucracy. And then a lot of times they don't know the best work to do on the ground. Uh, so with an organization like Yellow Boat, it's actual locals in the area who understand the issues, who know what need to be done. Um, and it's so much more effective. The money is a much more direct uh, issuance to the people in need. Um, and the way you go about it, I find very inspiring too, because you know you started with boats for children to get to school, uh, but when faced with something like a natural disaster, obviously it affects all facets of the, the local society. Um, and I, I appreciate how you broke things down that way in your report and how you're going about your, your work there. Uh, could you help share with, uh, with everyone a little more about kind of the different areas, uh, where you're supporting across, you know, school boats, fishermen, uh, rebuilding schools, educational hubs? Yes. Um, thanks, Chauncey. Um, does everyone hear me? I just want to make sure. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um. 
So actually, you know, a big part of our work, uh, aside from, you know, sort of the yellow school boat, which is like, you know, it's it's a yellow school boat because it's like a yellow school bus on water, is, you know, sort of the uh, livelihood boats or what we call uh, Adopt a Fisherman Project. So after Typhoon Yolanda, which was, you know, the bigger typhoon that happened in 2013, uh we we yeah we got a lot of requests from like you know the fishermen to if we could replace their boats um and initially we actually said no uh but then they went back to us and told us like you know if we don't have a livelihood we won't be able to send our kids to school so that's when we were able to you know sort of have this rationale that for specifically for you know sort of victims or affected communities of typhoons or natural disasters we can uh, you know we can go out there and replace their boats because it does impact you know the educational needs of the communities and so that our two biggest programs are really like uh, you know the yellow school boats um, and the adapt a fisherman project for the yellow school boats so this is where uh, I'm glad that you brought that up Chauncey the efficiency and effectiveness so there's no the, the boats are actually not the same on every community. So we have small boats, small paddled boats for creeks and streams and rivers. And then we have the big boats for like the open oceans and like, you know, from island to island uh, transportation. So we really customize the, you know, the boats that we give uh, to the specific requirements of the community, you know, sort of what they've been using for a long time. Sometimes uh, when, you know, sort of the, the bigger organizations come in, they have, you know, sort of a pre, you know, preset kind of solution. And especially, you know, after Typhoon Yolanda in 2013, um, there were a lot of boats that got wasted from other organizations because they brought it from the capital. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the one that the communities need. And a lot of them were actually fiberglass boats. So there's no fiberglass industry in the Philippines. So the when you know when when it got broken or when you know when it needs some repairing, there's no ecosystem for that. So a lot of like the and that's why like I wanted to cite that example because I think yeah it's very important that you know communities actually one thing the biggest learning and you know sort of the the this kind of work like community work, volunteer work, or social entrepreneurship work is really that the communities most of the time know what they need. They just need access to the resources. And basically, Yellow Boat operates that way. So for the other programs, um, again, our mission is to, you know, to help kids get to school. Basically, you know, sort of providing the transportation or the structure so that they can go to school. So we're, we're doing boats, we're doing classrooms, we're doing dormitories uh, for 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 areas where you know the the walking distance is like really long like 5 hours to get to school so they on the on the weekdays they stay on like a dormitory um and then we also have boats that serve as classrooms uh so the the teacher with on the boat is the one going into the far flung communities or islands and they do the class by the boat or you know by a by a by a hall like a building hall that they have in their island and then we also have the yellow boat adventures, which are you know the for ecotourism. We have week without without walls programs, wherein you know students would go to our communities. They would you know sort of like help in building the boat. They would paint the boat. They would you know help in cleaning the classrooms. They would paint the classrooms. So these things like programs happen on a you know on a quarter or annual basis. And then we also build bridges. Uh, for areas wherein you know the distance is very near between rivers and you, you know they, they the, uh, a boat doesn't make sense because of the current and then we also have scholarships uh, we work with uh, organizations that provide uh, these scholarships and we you know we uh, identify uh, deserving students um, on this on the side like because of you know COVID-19 we also began uh, replacing uh, classroom equipment and we we started educational hubs, which is sort of, you know, placing like several computers and internet access in some of these public schools so that, you know, for those that don't have internet, especially when COVID happened, when, you know, uh, remote learning was the, the primary mode of uh, learning in, in most public schools, most of the students didn't have, you know, they didn't have internet but they also didn't have like gadgets so we we work with like uh you know our partners here in the philippines uh to bringing and obviously like when 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 typhoon uh or that happened or rai we because of angel giving we were able to replace uh those uh educational hubs that were damaged or destroyed and also the classroom equipment 
So uh, yeah, we're we're. Uh, I, I guess that my last point here, Chauncey, is that it, it's really like community led, and and that's why like I love the space we're in in Web three because you know the, there's really an opportunity for for community for the community members themselves to you know sort of propose the solution and like you know the the leaders sometimes might not have the best solution so i i i to be honest like i don't remember i came up with the yellow boat name i actually think it was like one of the community members on the facebook group that we had then and then yeah even the 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 solution of a boat like i think people were suggesting initially like you know why don't you build a bridge why don't you relocate the families but because we built you know sort of that community even even from you know, finding the solution uh, from from just finding the solutions first, we were able to like you know sort of get the best ideas and execute the ones that we you know that the community sort of collectively believe would be the best solution. So uh, again, that's like uh, what speaks for this space that you know we're we're really about building communities and like you know the solutions are community uh, you know are community led are community developed and it makes it, it makes it easier um you know to sort of achieve success or effectiveness because the communities themselves know that you know they 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 don't they don't need like sometimes when you go there like for example for the relief uh since the funds you know didn't really come in like right right away so we we when when the funds came in we prioritize for example rice and like water uh, because some of them were able to rebuild some of their lives. So we focus on like the basic necessities and not really like, you know, uh, I think other people, other organizations were still, you know, uh, giving, um, uh, you know, other other things that uh, that my, that they no longer need. Um, and even like, I, I guess, last insight, of, if you will allow me. So for relief work, for example, uh, sometimes a lot of people would give uh, cup noodles, uh, you know, but remember when power is out when they don't have access to you know like a stove or like fire uh because everything is you know sort of wet you can't like yeah you can't cook like cup noodles like you, where, where are you gonna get like uh, boiling water for example so i think sometimes like yeah we, you need to know like the situation on the ground so that like the food that you're giving is something that you know can last longer and they would also be able to you know obviously like they're already depressed or they're already like dealing with trauma you you want you don't want them to like figure out how to cook you know the the relief goods that you know that you're giving so i think that, that i want to make that point like I, I i love being able to you know talk to like the community member themselves because they you know most of the time they know what they need uh but you know sometimes like if we you know come in from the capital if we come in from the urban centers sometimes we think we know what the solution is but yeah most of the time it's easier if we can just ask like the community members themselves. I love that. I love that. And it's such an important point because these communities often, especially in times of crisis, don't have that voice, right? They're not being heard. There's help coming from above, so to speak. And that you've described in, 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 as you've been talking here, multiple points of dialogue between the local communities, between Yellow Boat of Hope, uh, really dialing in on what's really needed, what needs to change, what can adapt, um, that adaptability, flexibility, like it, you know, to, to look at it from a, a product uh, kind of lens, right? It's, it's sort of the equivalent of um, hearing the voice of the customer, right? If you design a product in a silo and don't take input from your, your you know, constituents, your customers, you're going to design a horrible product that doesn't help people at the end of the day. Um, so by actually being able to hear, hear the voices of the people in need and, and what they actually need, um, it just allows that support to be so much more targeted and effective. So um, this is a very long way of saying thank you, Jay. Uh, I think that, that the work you and, and Yellow Boat are doing is just incredible on the ground there. And thank you as well um, for allowing us to continue our work Absolutely, absolutely. And and speaking of continuing work, I mean, what? So, um, just to to remind everyone the context here, uh, there was a five hundred thousand dollar grant uh, voted on chain uh, for disaster relief by the Halo community to uh, send money to Yellow Boat for relief work. Um, 
200,000 of that has been sent so far. So the report that was released this week is really detailing that first disbursement and tranche of funds. Uh, now that we have that report, we're able to release the next tranche of 100,000 here. Um, and then obviously, you know, more coming from that. So uh, Jay, if you could just help uh, describe sort of the, the future plans of, of what Yellow Boat, plan, uh, how, how you plan to continue the, the work on the ground there. Yes, thank thank you, Chauncey. Um, again, I I really you know love to point out that uh, uh, that we're very grateful for this opportunity. So most of the time, like the you know sort of the donors or the 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 partnership that we have is really more focused on the relief work. And so, like you know, in 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 many instances, we struggle you know sort of to continue the the rehabilitation work, which or the rebuilding part, which is you know in a sense is really more like uh, you know the more important part. Like once we get them, you know, to sort of like get back to their former lives, now what? Like, you know, livelihood, do they have livelihood? Do they still have access to like the, to their original jobs, for example? So for, for, the, for, for the first tranche, for the first, uh, you know, part of the grant, we were able to help. Um, again, this is not, you know, this is not something, uh, yeah, this is not something ordinary. Uh, I just like to point out, we were able, because of angel giving, we were able to help. Uh, around 8,000 families uh, across four regions. So um, I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with the Philippines. So there are, uh, you know, I think 81 provinces or 15 regions. So there, the, the, the support of angel giving actually went to four regions in Cebu, uh, Surigao, Palawan, and uh, Bohol. And because of that work, we were able to, you know, provide immediate relief to uh, around 8,000 families, uh, mainly around Cebu, but yeah, also in Bohol, Shargao, and Palawan. And uh, a lot of this, uh, yeah, a lot of these are island communities. Um, and we were able to, uh, yeah, we were able to touch that, uh, that touch those lives because of the support. Um, and then uh, because of the initial grant as well, we were able to rebuild and, re uh, you know, start rehabilitating the affected areas. So we, we began work on uh, repairing, uh, repairing and replacing boats uh, where uh, I believe we're, we're able to uh, construct around 115 boats. And uh, I think 73 have been uh, turned over. The others are uh, ongoing uh, uh, construction. That's mainly for Cebu. And then we have, uh, yeah, we have one motorized. This is the big boat in Surigao. And then five more self-paddle boats there. Um, yeah, for Palawan and Sharga, we, di we didn't really, uh, for Palawan and Paul, we didn't really replace uh, any boats there. But uh, the focus there was the repair of uh, classrooms. So uh, I believe we repaired, um, wait, let me just double check to be sure. We, we were able to uh, repair around, um, around six classrooms. Uh, and the work is still ongoing in some of them. And then the same way, uh, seven classrooms, sorry. And then educational hubs, we were able to either replace or uh, you know, repair around six as well. And yeah, the other school equipment that we were able to provide for internet and water systems were for. Um, so again, all of this were made possible because of the the grant from from Angel uh, Protocol, Angel Giving, and of course the the community. Um, if you go to, I, I believe Angel Giving posted a report. So if you want the detailed report, you can go to angelgiving.io. Uh, and yeah, I believe the the link is uh, currently linked there. Um, yeah. Um, thank you, Chauncey. Thank you, team. And of course, the rest of the team for allowing us to do that. So for, for the future uh, planning for the next tranche, we are looking at uh, repairing and rebuilding the, the other classrooms that and the other structures that we have identified and also continue re replacing and, uh, you know, sort of uh, giving new educational hubs to the identified communities around these four areas. Um, again, the, the, the validation is uh, always ongoing uh, because the government is also, and the government and other, uh, and that's what's unique about us. So we work closely with like, you know, the local uh, government units in the area, as well as the other NGOs in the area or uh, non-governmental organizations there. And, you know, for example, even if we've identified a specific school uh, needing help, if, for example, someone else came in and, you know, especially for government, since it's their mandate, if they were able to repair, you know, the classrooms already, 
we would uh, move on to the next identified community. I think for many organizations, this is hard to do, but the, the way we designed Yellow Boat is we're able to process it very, uh, you know, very fast because we're, we have volunteers on the ground. Um, so again, thank you for allowing us to continue that work. Uh, we're looking at really focusing now on, on the recovery on boats, which provides them livelihood. And then on the on the educational uh, rehabilitation on classrooms and the e-hubs or electronic hubs. Chauncey? Love that. Yeah, no, no, that's that's incredible. Um and I, I really I I love how you help document everything too, because it makes it so real for the community and the donors. And to your earlier point about hope and inspiration, just being able to see what can actually be accomplished with money raised on chain, the real world impacts it can have, the direct assistance funding to nonprofits in need. Um, I, I think it's a very important message and I just appreciate how good Yellow Boat is of documenting, capturing that, putting that out in the world to, to help inspire uh, hope in others. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jay, you know, you do a lot of incredible work. You, you and I first got connected back in the Terra days uh, when Angel Protocol was first starting. Um, you know, I came to learn a lot more about, uh, about Yellow Boat through you. Uh, and you've stayed uh, very active in, in the crypto space and the Web3 space for a lot of the reasons you described earlier, I imagine, of how important this technology is in, in democratizing access to financial opportunity for people around the world. Uh, so that being said, I mean, what what kind of uh, work are you doing these days uh, beyond uh, your work with Yellow Boat? Yeah, um, thank you, Chauncey. And and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I, I stayed in the space. And obviously, like, you know, I, I, I'm a big supporter. Uh, you can always count on us as like a big supporter of angel giving. We really believe that, you know, the, the potential of these new technologies, especially hopefully, you know, once they clear up the, the regulatory side. So we're, we're also watching that front. Um, I, I think once like the, you know, the regulatory side is, uh, you know, sort of like more clearer, like it provides more clarity on the front, uh, there would really be an explosion of, uh, you know, of, of organizations and uh, communities that will be leveraging, uh, you know, crypto or Web3 technologies uh, and applications to, you know, sort of bring about change in their local community. So, uh, you know, even like concepts like, you know, sort of like having a universal basic income. Uh, you know, things like uh, solar power, uh, things like, uh, you know, we, we could really like internet for all, access for all, like, you know, for many of our communities, they don't, like, how can we talk of like, you know, the advancements in other technologies when they don't really have access, like consistent access or stable access to the internet. Um, but one thing that, uh, you know, because I, I've stayed in this space, um, I was able to I was able to join, uh, so I actually joined a project now called the Cooperative Denome. Um, and if you know, if anyone is interested, we're still uh, we're still sort of under the radar. Um, but you can, yeah, you can visit our landing page at the the denome.org. So that's t h uh, e the d e n o m the denome.org. Uh, if you want to learn more, so it's still a landing page at this point. But yeah, the the website is coming in a, in a few weeks. Um, but you know, we we I really fell in love with uh, with you know sort of the vision for uh, decentralized world. Obviously, like you know, peer to peer or community led. Uh, because like what with Yellow Boat, I really learned that the impact could last longer if it's decentralized. Or I think the key word there is really like peer to peer or community led. Like you know, our current structures is more more like top down, and sometimes like I think. Uh, you know, it does provide a lot of efficiency at first. But if, you know, if the people at the top have been there for quite some time, sometimes they, they've lost touch, uh, you know, on the ground. So I, I, that's why like, I like, you know, sort of the peer-to-peer -peer concept or uh, Web3 because there's always chance for the like, community members to, you know, sort of bring about change from the ground up instead of always top down. Um, so for, for what we're building, we're building, uh, you know, sort of uh, decentralized, uh, stable currency, uh, but I would share like the the key difference is you know with what's happening with the with the world today in the banking industry and you know ma the macro environment. Uh, one big feature that we have is we won't be pegging the stable currency 
to any fiat currency. So it won't be pegged to the US dollar, for example, or any other fiat currency. We feel it's time to, you know, sort of launch like, uh, you know, sort of a national currency for crypto or Web3. Um, and I'm, I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm really, you know, sort of optimistic about, uh, you know, the project because I think it's about time to build, like, to use, like, what we have, the latest technologies, internet, uh, you know, distributed ledger technologies and smart contracts to, you know, sort of create a currency that is able to keep its value. Uh, I think if there's a lot of, like, you know, other projects or people that are trying to do that. Um, but I think, yeah, it's in, it's incredibly hard and we need more experiments in this space. Um, and so what we're building is sort of, uh, you know, as I mentioned, like a national, like a national currency equivalent for crypto, wherein the goal is to be stable for the currency, uh, but it will set its own exchange rate, like, you know, like how most national currencies do. But it will also be able to, uh, you know, stay within like a volatility of, I think for most national currencies, they stay within 0.2 to 0.5%. Um, so that's what we're going for. Like, you know, there's a mechanism in place to keep the, the, the uh, stable currency or stable coin stable um, and, you know, sort of have not like the volatility of Bitcoin and Ethereum, you know, that can be, like have swings of 5 to 25% in a day. And uh, obviously, learning from you know our experience from the Terra crash, where where it will be an an a collateralized or over collateralized uh, stable currency. So I, I think yeah, at this point, that's um, that's all I can share. Um, if you want to learn more, uh, you can go to the dinome.org. Um, as I mentioned, like yeah, the the, the new uh, the new website will be launched in a in a yeah in a week or two, and yeah, the, all our channels will be there, so you can connect with us. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Thank you very much. I, I'm excited for, for Dinam. Um, there's a lot of very intelligent people uh, working on that, uh, that I've had the pleasure to connect with and discuss with a bit. And uh, it is both a very ambitious project and a very <laughs> project. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see how that develops and help support you any way we can uh, in that journey. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Jay, you know, you're just you're an inspiration for a lot of people. Thank you for the decisions you've made and the actions you've taken. And it really helps highlight to the broader community what's possible with some determination. You know, you don't have to wait for help from above. You can identify a local issue. You can coordinate and get people rallied together. You can actually make a difference. And anyone is capable of doing that. Um, and I think that's the big message, right, is that we're all capable of moving mountains if we put our minds to it. And it really is about village and community and working with other people. Um, and that's where, you know, this technology is so exciting too, because I think one of the overlooked things about Web3 and decentralization is that it fundamentally changes how people can coordinate and exchange value. It introduces trustless ways for people to interact, which it, ironically, the, the term is trustless, but what it does is it creates a lot of trust because you don't have to just rely on someone. You can rely on the technology and the systems themselves. Um, so when you combine the coordination that the technology enables with people on the ground actually using that to enact good, uh, I think you end up with a really powerful combination. Um, Jay, any final words from, uh, from your side? Um, then, uh, if anyone has any questions, you know, please, uh, raise your hand, uh, feel free to, to come up on stage and ask, but, um, yeah, while we wait to see if anyone has questions, uh, Jay, any, any closing comments you want to leave us with? Yeah, um, I actually like, uh, I really love this discussion, Chauncey and team. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about it while, like I was, you know, talking about yellow boat, uh, this, this evening for my time. Um, I, I realized, like you know, we 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 were really sort of like uh, you know, sort of leaving by you know, sort of like the the principles behind Web three for uh, for some time. So I was thinking like for open source. So uh, uh, you know, when you go to like the angel giving uh, website, there's a lot of charities there. And for Yellowboat, for example, we do yeah. If you go to yellowboat.org, we do like post all our updates there and all our. We're very much open to like all, everything we do and like you know the the donations we receive. Um, but so it made me think like it's also open source. So we actually help uh, you know other organizations from other countries, specifically Indonesia. So we help set up you know a, a group there to also give votes. 
So I think for for example, when I was looking at the angel giving website, one opportunity as well for especially for you know th- uh, those of you here or listening who might want to start your own project, you can actually like get inspiration uh, from the charities on the angel giving side, like you know from what other communities are doing in their local areas. You could bring it, like you can port it to your community if it's like a problem, if it's the same problem that might require you know sort of. Uh, a similar solution that you can tweak. Um, and I feel that's, you know, that's one thing about the space. Like, you know, it's really open source. People can improve it. Like, like you know, the yellow vote is a very simple idea. It's, it's it, well, it, we stole the idea from, you know, the yellow school bus. Uh, it's just that this one, you know, moves on water. Um, and I feel like, yeah, it's continuous, you know, sort of innovation or reinvention. Uh, and that's what the open source movement allows. And then the second one that, you know, I want to point out, and I, I do hope, like, especially for those, uh, you know, who are listening from charities or nonprofits. So the way we designed it originally is for, like, we, since we post, like, a lot of our activities on Facebook, we, for every boat that, you know, is donated and we turn over, there's, like, a post on Facebook. So in a sense, like, we're, like, a public ledger or a blockchain we're in. We can like th- that's one thing that made Yellowboat viral because we actually allowed like so the, the, like for angel giving because of the support you provide th- there's like 115 you know boats out there with the name angel uh, you know protocol out there uh, you know uh, moving in the wild in the far flung area uh, you know coastal waters of the Philippines um, and basically you know because of those photos like you know a donor can always connect that you know that the boat they donated. Oh, it's in this particular community, you know, it's in this county or barangay. And basically we, you know, that made it viral because like people wanted to share, oh, it has my name, whether you're an organ or an organization or an individual that donated. Um, and I feel like, yeah, it's very important, you know, when when you're launching something to to make it like again, I I you know, I I I hate, you know, sort of repeating the word, but yeah, it's like community led. So a lot of like the a lot of like the, the 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 work we do is very transparent and you know like the i think that was one thing that i want to share you know as an end note like if you can incorporate like you know the the transparency in the way you operate you could go a long way uh because like you know obviously like it creates trust it creates uh, you know in a sense like yeah it, it's trustless but you actually create trust uh, because like you know, people people could always connect. Like you know, uh, Chauncey donated this boat. Oh, I see like a Chauncey boat. Uh, so, you know, team donated a boat. I see a team boat, and you know, there's a picture of that. I could go visit the community, and I could check it for myself as well. Um, and I feel like yeah, that that's really like a, a core principle behind the space. And you know, while while I was talking, I I, I made the connection, and I, I I yeah, I felt like sharing that. Um, I hope that was insightful for everybody listening um yeah maybe if someone has a question we can entertain them uh i do i I think we have like maybe five minutes left before the hour closes yeah i'm open to questions all right i mean if no one has any other questions this time uh, i mean highly encourage everyone to take a look through the report uh not only did yellow boat detail and extreme um uh, extremely detail all of the actual accounting behind everything, all of the expenditures down to line item level details and receipts. Uh, there's a lot of photos there. There's a lot. There's multi, like three different videos that Yellow Boat produced in addition to the initial video that we had put out there. Um, and again, you know, it, for me, <clears throat> when that report came through, Jay, uh, it was kind of on a, a crummy day and I, I got to see that and it just it lifted up my spirits and just reminded me of why we do what we do and why we're building in this space so um, again just thank you for that sharing uh, highly encourage anyone to to go check that out it's just it's a real feel-good kind of thing um, and I'm excited that we get to continue to work with yellow boat into the future helping provide relief in the area um, so you know, just closing with thank you again, Jay. Um, it's been an honor working with you, continuing to work with you. Uh, very excited both for Yellow Boat and uh, and your work with DNAM. Thank you as well. And yeah, we, we'd love to continue uh, supporting Angel Giving as well. Excellent. Thank you, everyone, very, very much for, uh, for tuning in today. Um, take care of each other out there. Be kind. Uh, have a great day. And uh, more updates coming soon from uh, Angel Giving. Thank you all. Take care. Thank you.
Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Angel Giving, nonprofit highlight on Yellow Boat of Hope. Recorded on Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support, man. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Playing old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back with the cliffs at our backs make the last stand matter no one ever planned for the famine on deck we was walking all erect with the dead man swagger sitting in a little den vision in the middle men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Little Dan vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view. Gotta find cover. Wipe off the bird poop. Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth. Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terror spaces